to Modern Figures Podcast, hosted by Dr. Jeremy Waysom and Dr. Kyla McMullen, where we are elevating the voices of Black women in computing to inspire the next generation of the advanced technology workforce. This podcast exists to highlight the stories of Black women in computing, to inspire high schoolers and the young at heart, and to dispel the myths and preconceptions about Black women in computing. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. This season is generously supported by NCWIT and CRAWP. The National Center for Women and Information Technology, or NCWIT, is a nonprofit community that convenes, equips, and unites change leader organizations to increase the influential and meaningful participation of girls and women in technology. And the Computing Research Association's Committee on Widening Participation in Computing, or CRAWP, endeavors to increase the success and participation of underrepresented groups in computing research and education at all levels. Today we have a spectacular guest with us, the future Dr. Bethlehem Mesfin, or we call her Betty. Because we know her like that. <laughs> um, Betty is a native of Poughkeepsie, New York, and currently permanently resides in Boston, Massachusetts, because she's a graduate student at Northeastern University, pursuing a master's of science in computer science. She is driven by a passion for building products for everyone, and she's transitioned from a career in business into the wonderful world of computing. She earned her bachelor's of science degree in business management with dual concentrations in marketing and leadership and consulting from Binghamton University, SUNY. And she's also the co-founder and former co-president of Code for the Culture, which is a student-led organization dedicated to creating a supportive and safe community for Black and Latinx graduate students in computer science at Northeastern. She also currently serves on the Code for the Culture Alumni Advisory Board and is a GEM University Fellow. And right now, she's a solutions architect intern at a company called Snowflake, which I hope to learn more about. Some other claims to fame include Betty is like an incredible, super awesome fan of the podcast. And <laughs> so it's not like a fake fan of the podcast. This is a real fan <laughs> of the podcast. She's a valued listener, and we really appreciate that. Um, and she actually moderated a panel that Kyla and I were on at Northeastern entitled Why I Belong in CS. Um, and if that wasn't enough, she's considered starting her own podcast. And we'll see if that's in progress at this point. But Betty, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting. Um, like I said, I really am a fan. So to like be a part of the conversation, actually, instead of just like talking with all the other guests, it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> talking while you're listening. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I really like I'm a part of y'all's yeah, conversation. I do that too. <laughs> Yes, that was the first thing I remember you telling me. You're like, yes, I'm out running my errands. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> that is literally yes, me. Girl. I love it. Yes, every time. Because I just love it. It's just so authentic and, like, organic. And I'll be like, mm, that happened. Yes. Like, it's, it's great. Great content. <laughs> well, we're glad that you could join us. This has been a, a few weeks in the making. At, well, I guess months in the making at this point. Cause yeah. I don't remember when we did we that. We did the panel, I think, panel. in March. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. Summer's yeah, but that conversation year. started well before then. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Shout out to Dr. Nate Zerbinski, one of my grad school friends who is faculty at Northeastern, who made all the connections to make all this happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, Betty. So you know how this goes. We're going to start way back in the day when you're a wee young lad. Living up in Poughkeepsie. Yeah. A wee lad. <laughs> a lassie, maybe. Is a lassie. More yeah, 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 yeah. Lads and lassies. So did you have any, like, early influences in computing that made you, you know, want to go the direction that you're currently in? Um. Well, I would say when I was super young, um, I, I didn't really have the thought that I was going to 
go into computing. So my dad actually um, has worked at IBM all of my life. Uh, so I knew and I was aware of engineering and computing. Um, but it was kind of like this imaginary land that I had no idea what it was. Um, you know, I, I would go <laughs> to, they had like certain like bring your family to work days. So I would do that and she's like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, cool. But again, knew nothing about it. Um, and to be honest, I was actually the kid who wanted to do everything. So I, I just <laughs> never felt like I fit into one box. And I, I think the narrative at the time was, you know, you do one thing, you study one thing and you just follow along in that one path. Um, and so that was really hard for me, for me to accept. And then like, as I was trying to decide, um, when people would say like, Oh, what do you want to be? I remember saying I wanted to be a doctor by day and singer by night. So apparently <laughs> doctors don't work at night because I thought, no, no, you can balance it. And so like, <laughs> I was like, no, I want to have energy at night. You know, like, Absolutely. oh, yeah, they, they have so much time. And like the job has to end at five o'clock, <laughs> 501. I'm putting on my dress and singing. I got that concert at six and um, I got to go. <laughs> so I, was like, I just but I think, you know, now when I look back on it, it was because I really um i loved that multidisciplinary like the creative and the you know the analytical uh side of things and so i didn't really want to choose so yeah at that time i mm -hmm. you know i didn't have any thought of going into computing to be honest it wasn't until much later that i even you know probably within like my first year of my first job where i was like this is kind of, hold up, this is interesting. Like I like, you know, the systematic <laughs> approach to things and I like, um, see, I'm very process oriented. So I really like seeing things happen sequentially. And so those that came much later. Um, and so, yeah, like not, not really in what the beginning. What was your first job? So my first job, um, I worked in finance. Uh, I worked uh, on one of, you know, uh, Wall Street and uh, I worked as an HR analyst. I actually had no idea mm. what HR was before that. So uh, it, it honestly, <laughs> like, was, you find out on the way. You know, you're just like, uh, okay, I have a degree. Uh, sure, <laughs> tell me what it is. And honestly, that's really how it went about because um, at, before that, I, I was really, you know, as you mentioned with like my, my degree, I really wanted to go into marketing and I really liked the, again, mm -hmm. the, it was always the analytical side of stuff. So marketing again, I thought was really cool. The very first time I actually found out what marketing was, was my senior year of high school. So I had no idea. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do in college. Again, I was still kind of like, there's no subject that really stands out to me. They're fine and I do well, but nothing really jumped out. And <laughs> it just so happened that I had an extra period and I was like, well, I need to figure out like what class to kind of just shove onto my schedule. And um, one of my friends <laughs> told me he's taking marketing and he's like, take it with me. I was like, all right, I guess. And so, yeah, like I, I took it and I really, really loved it. Um, I loved the, the idea of understanding why, you know, like the why, like why do people do what they do? What do they want? And really trying to construct something to that would be like a tangible product um, for people. And just that whole thing really uh, fascinated me and I was really good at it. Um, and then that carried me into later on in school. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm definitely going to be doing something in marketing analytics and that didn't happen based off of just, you know, finding a job. <laughs> like, you're like, cool. Uh, that's not going to happen. Also, I realized too, with what I wanted to do at the time, you had to get an MBA first. And so I was like, well, all right, mm -hmm. maybe not yet, but how am I going to get there? So by the time that I started my first job, at that time, I was thinking that I was actually going to get my MBA and I was like preparing myself for that path. Um, 
very different, very different path. But yeah, uh, so I, um, in my role, like as an HR analyst, I focused on, I did two different teams. My first year was um, the executive compensation. So that is like, you know, your executives above base compensation. This is like, you know, rewards that they're getting. Um, And so, yeah, it was, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of money. A lot of money um, to see as a <laughs> as a young graduate when you're like, oh, that's hmm, I've never touched that money before. Right, you're <laughs> like, used to ramen and you know figuring like, it out. You're like, wait, <laughs> that's not my life. Money, it's like <laughs> what? You're like, wow. Yeah, it was. And then it's not for you. And it's not. Nice and stuff. it's not at all. Right, it's for all your bills. Right. Like you know, like you're just like, oh wow, that's. That's, that's exists. So could take me to dinner. That'll be fine. right. Yeah. And I, I would be okay with that. Like, or even just taking <laughs> like the taxes, like you're like, can I just get the tax or something? <laughs> so yeah, like, um, that was my first year. And then the second year was focused more on performance management. So that is like your usual, like three sixties, you know, your, um, uh, like all of your, um, ratings and you know giving all your stuff about like how you did at work um which was really for me Mm -hmm. the the work itself was fine but that is actually where the idea of hey maybe I'm actually more interested within tech because you know the creating the process documents and stuff and doing all that working with talent that was cool but I think that was my first exposure to like um like requirements meetings and like working with IT and querying things and i was way more interested in that than what i was doing in my role so thankfully i had the IT team to really support me and and um like <laughs> deal with me with my questions when i would be like hey share your screen like so how do you query something like what do you <laughs> they were like all right i guess i'll show you so mm-hmm. yeah that was that was the first real thing that I did. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, this was like after you went through high school. You were like, "Nah, I'm not doing it." <laughs> you went through all of college, still didn't have an interest in it. Got a job, <laughs> and you were like, "This ain't what I want." <laughs> and while you were there, you were like, "Oh, I like what those people are doing." Yep. How do I do that? Is that is that like? Pretty much. Yeah. I've never like put it so succinctly, but yeah, like that is pretty much what happened. And the funny thing is I actually, as a business student for, in my program, you actually had to take, um, management information systems. Um, and I did fine. Like I, I got an A, everything was great. But again, I still didn't like, I was like, all right, network's cool, like whatever. Yeah, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I was like, somebody else will deal with that and I will do my thing. And that was really it. But yeah, that's exactly what happened. It was work Mm -hmm. that showed me a lot of stuff. So what do you think made that click? So it wasn't a lack of exposure to it because, you know, your dad worked at IBM and, you know, what made you, I guess, in your role say, this isn't something I want to do, but this is now something else that I want to entertain. I, I feel like it was having that practical experience. I think it put it into a different perspective for me because before you can hear something and, you know, it's pretty hypothetical, theoretical. You're just like, well, okay, I like the idea of this. And I, I've always been a person who lives in my imagination. If I'm quiet, and you don't hear me, I'm probably <laughs> there. Like, I'm not. And people will be like, oh, were you listening? I'm like, no. Like, I didn't hear you. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't here. You were in, like, a family guy cutout scene. Like, <laughs> way. I, like, I'm just like, catch me up with what y'all were just talking about because I was not here. And, you know, I think... Um, I think that in itself, that's a really cool thing that I can talk about, too, of just, like, I'm very pro-imagination. Um but like i think yeah just having I mean, you're wearing a marvel t-shirt <laughs> yeah you're wearing yeah. a marvel t-shirt is that yeah. the hulk it is yeah okay yeah. and so yeah. i feel like this is really fitting right because <laughs> yeah. he has a lot of internal monologues <laughs> I, mean, um, I like how you tied that in way. there that's that's honestly like I'm just wow. saying no that's impressive that's so true like 
I, you know, it's mm. funny if we're going to talk about imagination, there's um, really where I think that started off again. It actually came from my dad. Um, so what was it like? Harry Potter came out when I was the book. The first book came out when I was in third grade. And let's not talk about it. We won't. Go ahead. I'm just going to say, I won't say what year or anything. I'm just saying, you know, I was in third grade. I recall. <laughs> third grade. <laughs> <Jeez>. And uh, <laughs> I was grown and paying bills. When <laughs> out. But I have to tell you, though, I'm very jealous. Like I used to say, like, I really wish that I was in college, like college age in the 90s, because it just looked so cool. Like, oh my gosh, I wanted to be there so bad. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, they look like they have so much fun. (laughs) Like all these other things. But um, yeah, no. So so I was- Everybody's wearing the clothes now. Like you could imagine it. Yeah. And (laughs) this is why I'm so excited that it's come back because I didn't really get to fully embrace it. I, I lived it, but you know, like now I'm like, yes, I could be grown and like wear things that I never got to really fully experience. <laughs> Not the like the butterfly clips, you know, the slap br- bracelets. Like I lived all of that, that was cool. But you know, like I want to be grown with my 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah the f- <laughs> which is very functional. It just like, you know. It is. It's like half, I think it's cute, but then it's like, you got to do it in a certain way. I don't know. But yeah, you gotta make it cute. Yeah, yeah. You gotta make it cute. You can't just throw on any fanny pack. It's not. It's not like that. But yeah, like uh, Harry Potter was really what started everything. This is why I have three. <laughs> <laughs> three. <laughs> I have. I have yet to buy one. Vindications. This is yeah. No, I, I'm gonna <laughs> ask you guys where where to get my fanny packs at because I I'm no, still like. <laughs> But yeah, so um, without saying, you know, specifying the the year, uh, I was young when I when I got Harry <laughs> Potter, the first the first book. And my dad, um, he didn't even tell me. I didn't know what it was. He just like put it on the kitchen table. I remember. And when I walked in, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is what everybody's been talking about. And I, like, I finished it within like a day. <laughs> I mean, it was wow. Yeah, like. <laughs> a day i was like you were in the third grade like that's that's serious oh yeah i was like a reading monster i'm eating while i'm reading i was like what this is a whole (laughs) new world like it was just so new and so different and um yeah that's like i think what really expanded my imagination and i think you know that in itself is a really great like tie to stem in general because you know, a lot of people will say like, oh, that's so childish or, oh, like, you know, being an adult, whatever that like means. But really, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because all of the innovation that we've seen is coming from somebody's imagination, from from somebody asking, mm-hmm. what if, what if we could do this? And yep. I think that in itself really just proves, you know, like if you allow your imagination to to just roam free, we can see so much happen and we've seen so much already happen. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that was always something that, you know, I really always um, like kept, kept to myself and kept true to myself. Um, but, you know, like to what you said, Jeremy, it really wasn't until I got to really touch it and um and have like someone ask me for a solution that like pushed me into it and then mm-hmm. i was like wait but this is this is kind of cool like okay like what what else could i do <laughs> and this is like you know and just seeing how you could see something and this is what like i really loved about marketing as well is seeing just nothing become something and you're just like, whoa, it's tangible now. Like somebody can mm-hmm. use this. Somebody can do something with this. That to me, I think was really what pushed me over the edge and said, okay, I need to look more into this. 
I, I love, love that, especially what you said about like imagination. So I never thought about it that way. But like when people ask, like, you know, what are some of the perks of being in academia? One of my friends said, you went to college and never left. And I was like, oh, and I had a moment. But then I realized <laughs> I was like, you know what? The thing that I like about always being, you know, on a campus with, you know, we're constantly having young, great minds that haven't had the imagination beaten out of them. <laughs> so, you know, I have a class or where we have like a special topics course or something where students are free to pick whatever they want to work on and those are always the most fun because you know people get literally just get to sit and imagine what they want to see and I get to help them like bring it to fruition so I never thought about it in terms of like hey I get to stay in imagination land (laughs) (laughs) that is definitely one of the perks no, that's so cool. Stay in imagination land. I'm telling you, I mean, it, it's so cool. Like, yeah. the, the possibilities are endless. And, like, sometimes I just dream about, like, oh, man, what if you could just be in, like, one of those, like, innovation labs where you can just, like, you have all these resources and just, just go. Just do whatever. And that's so cool. Like, you see it in kids, too. Um, One time I was actually, um, I... sometimes we'll do like different events um and so I worked with one of my professors um in her event and she brought young girls to the campus so that we could like teach them different things and I think they were they had to create a filter like a photo filter something like super you know very basic but they had the steps there and I would serve as just kind of like a resource if you had any questions and what was so cool um I remember this young girl, she was, uh, she was a young black girl and I was with her. She was pretty shy. And I, like when I saw her, I felt like I was looking at myself when I was young. So I really just wanted to be there with her Uh and just like, you know, talk to her. She was super cool. She was like really into anime. Um, she, (laughs) she promptly corrected me when I, I was like, Oh, you like anime? Like, and she's like, yeah, I like, um, I like this show. And I was like, Oh, Naruto. And she's like, it's Naruto. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. So you are absolutely <laughs> right. I do not want to disrespect it. So I, you know, I thought it was really cool because I was like, oh my gosh, it's cool to be a nerd now. Like it was not cool before. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. But like seeing how, um, you know, they had their written steps and what, you know, picture you should choose and what um, filter. But what I thought was really cool was she decided to go outside of that and she's like hey can i pick the picture that i want to pick and i like questioned at first because my initial gut instinct was to say well you know this is what's here and so like let's follow that but then she made me question it and i was like no you know what you pick your your picture and yeah let's do it and hers was so much cooler it looks like a manga um so if anybody doesn't know what that is it's like you know like the comic book of of anime um but, you know, and I don't even read them. I just knew. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. You just know the terminology. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, former uh, former Barnes & Noble employee. I, I've worked many different jobs also. So, like, yes, I remember I had to stack you them. Have. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only reason why I know. But, like, by seeing her choose to go, you know, her route, she created so something so much better and i thought that was amazing because i feel like as we get older we kind of lose that and it's not even to our own fault i think it's just based off of what's around us and people say well no that's you know that's i don't know what again i'm going to probably say this a lot but i don't know what this adulting thing is i think there's just a an a standard a <laughs> common accepted thing but, like, I, I think that we kind of need to do away with that because, like, she was way cooler than I was. Because I was just like, dang, that's so cool. Like, I would have just <laughs> followed the directions. Like, dang. So, yeah. Right. That's so, cool. so, like, when I think about adulting, I just want you to know I am in my mid-30s. And I don't feel like I'm a full adult yet. <laughs> and I don't know at what point... <laughs> you get to the point where you're like a real adult. I know I am right. Like I, there's all these things that point to the fact that I am a real adult, but that's why like when you look at people on reality TV and they're in their forties and they're acting like they a are fool. not in their forties, <laughs> like they're in their twenties. It's cause yeah. there's a range of age where you're just like, 
question mark. Y'all, I'm just on this earth. <laughs> yeah. I'm just present. I'm, to make I'm just here. No, to tomorrow. But who? Right. I, I've never okay, said. Like, I've never it. heard anyone say, "Yes, I am." Uh, you know, Webster's definition of adult. Like, I don't because somebody has told you, <laughs> yes, like okay, legally. But you know, yeah. I think. I don't think anybody, and that just is because we're always trying to figure it out. You will never know everything. And that's the other thing that I actually also really love mm-hmm. about tech is that, mm-hmm. like, you'll never know everything. You'll never be a, you can be called an expert, but even with that, the thing that you know could change Oof. tomorrow. And so, like, you know, it makes exactly. it exciting. It's also stressful, but, like, no, I... Because everybody's learning all the time. All the time. And I don't like that pressure. Like, It's great. Because if you don't like something, don't worry, it'll change soon. But I mean, like, the pressure of, like, someone referring to you as the expert. Like, yes, like, I have been here and I've been doing stuff. But I just feel like we want to put labels on people and things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I just don't feel, I don't feel confident. Right, but then yeah. that means but you actually still... know what you're doing. I know that's true. They say like the people who don't think they're experts, they usually know the most. But people who are the self-proclaimed experts usually know the least. It's true. Hmm. I've seen this. Okay, that's Kyla. the word on I'll the curve. That. So yeah. I'm just saying, she's you know she's further along than than saying. I am. So she's got more wisdom. In this <laughs> I'm the expert on nothing, <laughs> but I can tell you how to do a whole lot of stuff. But <laughs> but you're right though because it's like have expert, more experience. No. There yes. are so many people who are loud and wrong like just loud it's just because they're loud yeah. and big wrong just so <laughs> big wrong just loud and i'm like take so many seats right now like i don't but you know it's even the people who know <laughs> have you ever noticed that where you'll just be quiet watching somebody and you're just watching them quietly knowing the answer but you just sit them and just like watch them because yep. you're like i just want to let you continue go ahead yeah yep and you just you get the popcorn out it's like oh this is entertaining Mm -hmm. like the (laughs) what is it the michael jackson gif where she's just like (laughs) like... yes yes the michael jackson popcorn that is my favorite (laughs) just say more i have no idea what y'all are talking about oh oh i know what you're talking about never mind sorry i'm here i'm here (laughs) i was in another world excuse me no that's right we accept that because we accept that here the truth (laughs) Yes. Good. So you can go to I'm Imagination fun. Land. As long as you come back. <laughs> yeah. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. So, um, at what point did you decide, you know what? I need to go back to school because <laughs> this ain't it. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, that's a great question. And I feel like now, after being there too, I'm like, wow, this, that was a decision. That was a commitment. Um, but like, <laughs> Uh, you know, the, so after I, I worked for about two years in finance and, um, so I actually decided that I was going to move to Ethiopia. So my, my family is originally from Ethiopia and, um, I was first generation born here and there was actually a fellowship, um, called the Ethiopian diaspora fellowship. And, uh, it was the second cohort and basically the, um, opportunity is to work with a partner organization within the country for six months. Um, and so just be there. And I think it has, um, it has a kind of like a cultural aspect with like identity and, you know, all of that. And then it also has the, you know, the working aspect of being able to work within the country. And so, um, so I did that and thankfully I was accepted. Um, I think I I was trying to get out and that was really the best way. Um, And, and really um, something was like, I felt like something was really leading me there at the time. I didn't really know what that was, but I had taken a trip recently and I really just wanted to come back. So that was a great way to do it. Um, And I was really happy with the experience because I got to work in a few different sectors while I was there. Um, so I worked in public health for a little bit. Um, I worked, uh, in the agricultural sector. And so it gave me a lot of exposure. And while I was working, um, the one thing that really kept sticking out to me was data. And, um, you know, I think 
by being mm -hmm. here, especially coming from the company that I was coming from, um, you know, a lot of the times I was working on dashboard reporting, a lot of reporting. And when I was working on this engagement, um, while I was in Ethiopia, one of the things that was kind of a struggle was how do we get the data and, you know, whether there was data at all. And so there have been a lot of different ways to be able to do that. One of them being telecommunications, um, in order to, to kind of do that. But, uh, what I saw was that it wasn't really a straightforward solution as I had been accustomed to. And so I think that, you know, that was for me, um, really pivotal for how I was going to do or where I was going to lead to. And then also seeing that like tech was so important. And I think if I wasn't in that landscape, I don't think it would have been as obvious, like kind of like knocking on my head, finally being like, wake up. This is why tech is so important. I think I was just so used to it, you know, being a part of my life and being like, oh yeah. Like, yeah, it is yeah, like you're one so of used those to things. it. Like, of course. Yeah, like it's yeah. ubiquitous, so right? So I think mm -hmm. it's everywhere. We're like so exactly like desensitized exactly, to and technology. it just becomes so normalized yeah. that you're like, who wouldn't have this? And I'm really glad that I uh, I saw that because that was really mm -hmm. what made the decision from like what I was saying before about um, wanting to get an MBA to actually looking into computer science. And so when I did that, the the first the first uh, choice off of that was, all right, well, how are you going to go about it? Kind of like to what you were saying, um, Kyla, like you can do it in so many different ways. There's no one right way to get into tech. And we're seeing that like boot camps at the time were becoming really popular, um, right? So like that was probably mm -hmm. 2017 when I was looking into this. So boot camps were starting to get really popular, like certifications were always there. Mm -hmm. um, so there was just so many different ways and obviously like formal education, um, like through an academic program. So when I did, I did my due diligence and I kind of was just, was just thinking about what kind of learner am I, what am I trying to do? Um, it really narrowed down to doing a master's program. Oh, girl, people don't do that. <laughs> they really don't. Like you did a whole meta analysis. I did. <laughs> I do. Amazing. I like yeah. I do do that. Like when I'm I mean, because, you know, it's a big decision. And especially after kind of like being a little around in different areas for a few years, I really wanted to make the right decision, especially like not to say I didn't want to waste time, but I didn't want to waste time anymore. I was just like, okay, I learned what I wanted to learn up until this point. It's taking me here, but I need to do it in the right way. And like, when I did that, I, I noticed like boot camp wasn't really for me because for me, it was like, okay, you're just going to get the practical knowledge of like, oh, how do you write a for loop? I was like, all right, like, cool. But I didn't really want to just learn that. What I ultimately saw was I wanted to solve problems in a different way. And when I saw that, I didn't think like learning how to just code would be enough. And so for me, that's when I thought, all right, well, mass a master's program will help me learn how to think differently. It, it'll force me, it'll push me into a different space that like, I probably can't do on my own. I don't, I didn't trust myself in that <laughs> and that I could do that just mm -hmm. like by myself. I feel like there are a lot of people <laughs> who are like really great at that self-taught people. But like for me, I just wanted to be pushed and, you know, be challenged by so many different people. Um, and so that's really what led me to it. Um, and yeah, and it's been experience. What was the application process? Yeah. Like? So like, did you um, have any issues with, um, like, not having the requisite coursework or, you know, because I know certain programs only accept you if you've had up to, like, data structures or, you know, whatever that course is that they yeah. recommend. So what was that? <laughs> <Her> smile. <laughs> um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and so once I decided, okay, I want to do a master's program um it became all right so where are you gonna go like and so and and then that question became like but who's gonna <laughs> accept you that's the real question right like you can choose where you want to go but are they gonna accept you so 
that was a process in itself. And um, it was really hard, actually, because of exactly what you were saying. A majority of the schools say that you have to take, you know, a minimum of the required courses to prove that you're capable. And I didn't have any of those courses. And again, I didn't want to take, you know, another year to get those done just to potentially get in. So I, at first, you know, like, I'm like, you <laughs> yeah. are, you're not even going to accept me after I did all this. And then, you know, nobody's going to carry your tears for you. So like, you're right. like, what do I do? So, um, <laughs> like, so basically, um, at first I was like, man, do I have to, do I have to apply to a four-year program and just get a second bachelor's? Like that was a real potential for me. And I was like, oh, wow. God, this is four years. Are you, are you sure? Like what? Like I, <laughs> I ain't doing it. Yeah. And I'm grown mm -hmm. and have had life experiences. And oh, I'm not where the 18 year olds are right and now. Let me tell the 13th you, graders. <laughs> I used to, I used to look at, um, <laughs> the, the older, like the people who were older and who would take classes with me. There were when I was an undergrad and I would be like, such go hard like they go so hard like uh you know i don't know why i like it makes so much sense now because i'm like <laughs> now you paid to be there like yes like what <laughs> like but right right you know like, like i totally money. get it now right. but like at the time i was like uh you're doing so much right now <laughs> what so um yeah i <laughs> i was like am i gonna be that person that i used to make fun of and then in my in the process of looking um i found a few a few master's programs and so there was like university of chicago had a program and i think theirs was like accelerated um they and they had like a, a track for people who specifically didn't have the background and like you had like basically the summer before you get in, you will take kind of like some foundational classes, but it was right before the program starts. And then that's it. You just, you're flying. Um, and I was really nervous about that. Yeah. You don't stop. You just, you just go. go. And wow. I was nervous about that. Um, because I, I don't think you should be doing that, like in an accelerated pace, like with, you know, with zero knowledge with, with which is what I was coming from. So then there was like UPenn, I think, and a few, and then Northeastern came up, um, and what made theirs, their program so unique, which is called the Align program, is that um, it was like marketed as we want people who have no background, and we will actually teach you all of that. And it was actually uh, two semesters worth um, of like what is called the bridge program before you are just like filtered right into the same MSCS program that like with people who have been doing this for years. So that was like, it, it stood out so much. And I was like, this is it. This is it. And I think the last school actually was Georgia Tech. Georgia mm -hmm. Tech had their uh, online MSCS. So that was kind of like my backup. And the reason why it was my backup, which is crazy, because like, how is Georgia Tech your backup? But like, <laughs> the reason why, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like, I guess I'll go there. But really what happened was, um, <laughs> sure, <laughs> but really the only reason what made the difference was because one, this is before COVID. So I was like online, I don't really know. And the second thing was because they required a GRE score and Northeastern didn't. And I was like, I'm not about to take a GRE if I don't have to. <laughs> yep. Path of least resistance. So... <laughs> Yep. so that really I'm was like get all know? those hours back and like i really back. i really <laughs> empathize for those who have taken the gre i did not have to thankfully i was accepted into northeastern um and so i was like cool <laughs> i could just bypass that but like honestly if if i hadn't got into northeastern the plan was okay let me study do what i have to do do the GRE and then hopefully get accepted to Georgia Tech. So that was kind of like the backup. But I just, just if I didn't have to take it, I was not going to take it. 
Man, kudos to Northeastern, though, because, you know, more and more they're showing that the GRE isn't an accurate predictor of how people mm -hmm. do in graduate school, how mm -hmm. you actually end up performing. Mm -hmm. So uh, there is no correlation. So I'm glad that, you know, they've uh, decided to you know, just to test us. Just to test us. Like, you know, don't test me. Yeah. Our department, we had a vote on whether or not we wanted Ooh. to keep the GRE. And it was, it's like pulling teeth and like everyone else in our college of engineering, it's like, we don't need the GRE, you know, we can assess other right. things to figure out if they're, you know, a good fit for grad school, but computer science <laughs> is going computer science and the they're telling you, I don't know what is up with the field, my specific department, everybody, but they just have to make it so much more difficult mm. than it needs to be. So I think it'll come down to like graduate schools making the decision ultimately to move away from it. And they are, they're, they've given like at UF, they've given the autonomy to That's the good. departments now yeah or to the college which then gave it to the and then the, yeah the college <laughs> should have just said no yeah. gre for anybody like we were able to waive it mm -hmm. for COVID, but now that we're kind of on the tail end dish bring it that, back um they've allegedly. decided to allegedly <laughs> like it, are we coming <sighs> back but, yeah we don't want to talk about that on the podcast yeah, we don't so. talk about that um, but um, what was I going to say? There, I had another point in there. Oh, yeah. Also, I like the fact that there sure. is a bridge program. So, like, anecdotally, I'm on the schedule to teach, like, a course like Ooh. that in the fall if we ever have PhD students who come in and don't have a background. But they don't accept anyone who does not have a background. <laughs> so I have never had to teach said course. That's so that funny. I was like, I volunteered to do it, but I don't have to do it. I'm like, literally by definition of who wow. we accept, I don't ever have to do this. So I look like a really nice person on paper, but, <laughs> so silly. but um, we were going out and looking at like, you know, different programs about like, you know, how to just, yeah. you know, upscale people who haven't come in, you know, with the requisite information. So I have to take a look at, you know, what Bridge is doing because we will definitely no, steal it if we need it. Honestly, I mean, there's always like, I, I know, cool. you know, no matter where you go, there's like nothing is perfect. Um, but I have to say, like, when I was comparing and even now when I look back, I'm I'm pretty shocked because like I walk into into, you know, my internship and I'm like, OK, like, of course, I'll be like, oh, what does that mean? But, you know, there are a lot of things that I can feel mm -hmm. very comfortable with. And I'm like, yep, okay, cool. So the fact that I can do that, you know, does attest to, all right, they were doing something right with this. <laughs> they did something right. That's yeah. good. They built a strong foundation. And that's like, I mean, even with people who've had experience, their foundation <laughs> may be a little true. rocky. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it really just depends on who you are and the way that you interpret information and like how your brain functions at some level, I think with computer science, it's really like, yeah, you get it. And there are times though, you know, one thing that we have just like for, for me and my peers, like there's definitely, and I'm sure this is like all throughout school. What I've noticed is it's also dependent on who's teaching it because you just may not be like, you have professor as mm -hmm. a title, mm -hmm. but you are not a teacher. There is two different things. And like, <laughs> Wait, what? I'm sorry. Um, I don't feel offended. Because you know, if you, you, if you know, you know. I don't, you know, but Kyla doesn't either. I don't feel attacked, but listen, listen. I've met some of these people. Cause y'all know. Cause y'all know. What did I tweet about? <laughs> Can we get that on a shirt or a bumper sticker or something? That would be perfect. I teach a class that teaches oh engineering God. grad students how to Good. teach. Because we don't <laughs> no. teach faculty oh, or future oh my faculty gosh. how to teach yeah right? it's the only job you can get with no experience Literally. doing said job it's like you are a good learner 
here's how to teach. It's like, no, now go teach. It's like, no, I'm good at learning tasks. You know? Like, you have to actually yeah. study how to teach. Just because and... I sat in the class does not mean that I can effectively teach it. Exactly. It does not mean right. that I can effectively or even assess if... your learning. It right. does not. I sat in the ballet. <laughs> I'm not Misty Copeland. But it's like... true, though, because, like, just because you're good at, good at something, you excel at something does not mean you can teach it. And, and like, and especially, you know, I'm just kind of, like, seeing the little bits of, like, you know, inside of uh, the academia and like, you know, certain things, it's not like you don't even want to teach. You're just there because you just want to do your research, but like you got to do some hours. Listen, <laughs> okay, okay. See? So, th- so the tweet, <laughs> the tweet is by at Dr. Steve Yu, uh-huh. and he says academics will really be like, quote, can't do my job today. Vibes are off <laughs> for three straight months. So wow. I mean, I really <laughs> I saw that with. I really I identify with that because I've and seen it. Yes, I've vibes are off. Seen it, or I have students who've experienced it, and they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, this person told us to do X, and here That's, are the instructions." Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's literally. <laughs> what is this? And it's just what? like, and this is not me. Like you can o- obviously always criticize when you're not the one doing it. You, oh, coming but, for us. Like, but it's so true though because i think there's a difference based off of even the things that you guys have like have you know alluded to and just like from our previous conversations and even the the previous like you know when when i was moderating you can tell who is actually trying to teach and who is just like I just be here. And you're like, what? Like, and then you want to tell me I'm not grasping the, the material. <laughs> like, what? Nah. I, right. And you you know, so you like, don't get fine, and that's basically. literally it. No, but okay. But it's worth, it's worth pointing out. It's <laughs> worth pointing out that you've been at like larger institutions, right? That like, yeah, are more. Yeah. Yeah. Focused. And, you know, I, I have to say with all of this, there are like so many amazing professors. Like, I mean, I have been really lucky. I like, yeah, I have know. been really lucky. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to bash and be like, nah, it's everybody. Like, no, for sure. There, I have been like professors who like <laughs> go above and beyond for me asking all my questions and like, you know, like having anxiety attacks, being like, I don't know what, what does this mean? Like just basic stuff. Like my first semester, I, ugh, that's just in itself triggering <laughs> because it was so crazy. And like, you know, I think even with that, uh, the transition to like what you were saying earlier, the transition was super uphill. Like it's not this thing that marketing will allow you to believe like, Oh my gosh, anybody can do it. <laughs> Great. Like, mm, wait, hold on. Yes, anybody can do it. Yeah. But there are certain things that you'll have to experience. And like with the combination of potentially not having a good match of like mm-hmm. teaching and learning styles, you may experience something that is not ideal. And like there were a, a lot of people who I remember a handful of people dropping within our first semester that I never saw after that. And I remember it was funny. Mm-hmm. We had this joke where like oh, we would wow. be staying late. Like I was up at the library, like till like midnight and trying to just get these basic things. It sounds funny now when I hear about like the things that I was struggling with, cause like it's normal now, but, but at the time I was like, I don't know how to do this. And so, um, you know, mm-hmm. we used to be like, Oh, these are the real align hours because the real people were like who were really struggle were staying and like <laughs> you know it's um it was tough but i think you know you just like remembering your why so like i have to say i had a, an amazing advisor she is like the one of the biggest reasons why i'm still here um so her name is ashley armand and i have to shout her name out oh, specifically wow. because like that it is well deserved um but ashley like i mean she really invested in me and really like and i I think because she was a black woman she understood the things that i was saying and i didn't have to explain like oh well you know i feel uncomfortable because i was just like something's going on and she's like got you okay and you know like putting me in in contact with people who would be able to help me or whatever the case may be, she was like always on it. 
And that's really what mm -hmm. carried me through with every semester. And, and then also having like people who looked like me and who, you know, like we just, we held each other down. Um, we helped each other and we literally taught each other. Like if I didn't get something and I can help you, I will be sitting here with you for hours, yeah. like at night and vice versa. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's important to say because what I was alluding to earlier wasn't that like, oh, like it's just hard and you're just not going to get it. No, like everybody has an affinity towards something. Yeah. Right. In the space. So like there are some stuff that I'm not really trying to do in computer science ever. <laughs> like don't make me sit here and write some code. I will lose my mind. No, thank you. Wow. I'm sorry, Kyla. If you okay. can write steps to do something, you can write code. I, I'm not saying I can't to. do it. I'm just saying don't I don't want to do fair. it. Okay. It's That's not fair. fun for me. Yeah. It is agonizing. Right. <laughs> but like, there's some stuff that I'm just going to have trouble with. And I would much rather like have somebody who gets me explain it to me because mm. they can use analogies. They might make a little picture and then I can see that picture later on when I'm thinking about yeah. the problem. Yeah. Right. Like just to explain it to me in a way that my brain wants to process it because I can't, I can't just do what you put on that or board. just read. Yeah. Like I can't read a like, chapter it's just not, and then it's, it's like, not compute. And oftentimes people think that it's yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I read that. Those words went across my eyes. It may not actually be there, but uh, I feel like people are quick to like kind of isolate oftentimes, like when they don't get stuff because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't want to look mm -hmm. stupid in front of people, mm -hmm. but no, look stupid. Cause guess what? No. Nobody knows what's going on back to yeah, our, nobody's an expert. I'm going yeah. to be loud and dumb. <laughs> yes. And be like, what is that word on the board? <laughs> the yes. I thought it was to he. Next word. <laughs> I will ask but you all are of the questions. Right oh because somebody gonna appreciate it. Like anytime I've been like, like no, it's true because I I learned that and I I told y'all this in uh like when I was moderating that event that like tuition is too high for me to sit here quiet because there is no reason as I'm sitting here it is increasing like yes. there's no way like people's debt is accumulating right interest is rising <laughs> you know and they are you working know? out the math to you know? make it increase so more to me <laughs> oh my and I like it's it real. goes to what I was saying earlier where I, I became that you know, that student that I used to be like, you doing a lot. Now I'm like, no, I'm, I will be doing the absolute most. I will be asking every <laughs> single question. And you know, yes, the whole like, most. Exactly. And, the, and the funny thing is what I realized was, um, because in the beginning of the program, <laughs> I was definitely that person who didn't want to feel or look stupid. And I was like, oh man, people don't want to work with me. They're out here, you know, like working with each other and I'm out here by myself. But then I realized, mm. um, when I decided it is what it is and like just started asking questions, it's uh, people started actually telling me like, thank you so much for asking all those questions because I, that's, I need your questions in order to understand. Mm. And then people started looking at me like, hold yes. up, like ask your own questions. Like, okay, I don't want to carry the whole team. <laughs> I, I asked my own question and if everybody, you know, gets it, that's great. Right. Like I would love to help, but you know, I think it was great in that sense. And then people started coming to me like, Hey, you want to work together? And I'm like, Oh, you want to work with me now? Oh, really? Cause before it was real quiet. It was real quick. Right, now. So no, like I think um, asking right. questions actually, I, I, I see it as my superpower now. And I actually told them that like when I first started working, like my strength is asking questions and I will pick at something to find like those little holes. And, and a lot of times, even if it's somebody who we have deemed as an expert, they actually don't know themselves and they're like, huh, you know, I actually don't know why. Why don't you look it up and we can talk about it. And it becomes a whole other thing. So I think questions are great. Right. So I'm I'm curious. So your experiences when you, you know, shifted into tech and like, you know, you're explaining how you're in the library at all hours of the night. Like, did this help fuel the need for, cult for the culture or like how did those origins happen? 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a great question. Cause that is literally the origin story. Like, <laughs> um, you know, when I came in, I didn't know anybody I'm coming from New York. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, uh, in Boston all of a sudden, and this is before COVID. So it's like two months before COVID. I don't know this area. Um, I don't know anything. And, I'm just here. And so, uh, like one of the things that I I think I mentioned to (laughs) y'all before too, was like, you know, I started looking around me and I'm like, there's not that many people that look like me here. Um, okay. And so, you know, it's not like one of those things that influence you, um, in how you navigate. It's more of like, you know, that recognition thing that it's just like, Oh, noted. Okay. Got it. Yep. I'm one of the few. Cool. And so I just kind of like have that. But Mm -hmm. once I realized it felt like it was impacting my experience. And then I was like, wait, I wonder if I'm the only person. And really what, um, you know, I had gone to an event. I actually met who would eventually be the other co-founder with me or the other co-president at the time, um, Xavier. And so like we were talking, we were like friendly and, you know, again, making great relationships where within your, with your cohort. Um, but like really actually who planted the seed was the same advisor, Ashley, who, you know, she started putting the seeds together and like planting the seed in my head and planting the seed in his head about like, yeah, you know, everything that you're talking about sounds like kind of like, I don't know, like a community a club and i'm like girl i'm just trying to survive like what are you talking about i had no like (laughs) i had never and you know at the time i had never um founded any you know even in undergrad like i had been active in in clubs and you know i've been on eboards but i had never started anything and so when she kind of like was hinting at it repeatedly i was like what who got time for that and doing this homework that i could barely get through myself like what (laughs) so i think you know uh once like towards the end of that first semester came about um and then i figured out that i would have to retake this class (laughs) because i didn't pass it and i was like okay i need a community i didn't realize yeah and let me tell y'all okay i have to say this for everybody because it happens it's normal it's okay and you just retake it and a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's actually better Mm -hmm. because now you know the material better and you understand it better and i'm actually glad that i retook the class but in the in the moment i was actually like i feel like a failure like i everything crashed because i had never had to take a retake a class and I had never failed a class. So I was like, what is happening? But I'm really, really glad it happened. So what exactly is Code for the Culture? Yeah, Code for the Culture really came from um, the need for a community um, on on our campus. And so it is comprised of um, Black and Latinx members, uh, grad students for now, but we're looking to expand for, for undergrads as well. Um, and really, again, it's just about that building that community of like-minded people who are really just trying to, um, innovate, trying to, to learn and, and share knowledge with each other. Um, I think the biggest aspect when I think of code for the culture and what it's done for me as well is just like the community aspect, because it's, it's those people that will help you and, and vice versa, um, and not even just within, and when we built it, it was with the thought of expansion. So without being limited to just the Northeastern campus, we're looking to expand so that like, let's say, you know, you're going out into the industry and a lot of times people struggle with like, how do I get in, right? It's not easy to break that wall. And by, um, by having people who are a part of that community to say, hey, let me tap into that alumni network. We all know what it feels like to be a student. We all know the struggle of just trying to trying to make it. Um, you know, we're all just willing to help each other. So I think for me, Code for the Culture is that, that community that will always look to support you and, 
and um and then that you can also pump into as well um of just like minded individuals i like the website or the the instagram i should say uh, i uh, looked it up and it looks like it has a lot of very good marketing going on <laughs> i don't know if you had anything to do There's with some that. marketing i'm very proud i know. they <laughs> like, you would think right no no i would give complete credit to the uh to the new eboard like they are amazing um I have to say, when we started, it was like super startup. Like we were just, everybody did everything. It was, you didn't have, you had a title, but really it was just like, no, you do everything. And and what was so great about it is, and right, you're going to help you know, with everything, <laughs> you know, like you do everything. Um, you know, there have been times where like, I don't even know what I didn't do. Like you just do everything. And, and I would say like, the ragtag team of of individuals who are just willing to get their hands dirty to you like push that same ultimate goal um was really important and and i think that's continued on even after you know with all of like those original co-founders but also with the new um the new eboards coming in because i think when you share that like what your real vision is and what your goals are, you will find those people who, um, who, uh, who agree with that and who are trying to do it as well. Um, and so, yeah. And like, we're very adamant about that of like who we bring in. So yeah, like, I think, I think we've done great and I'm really proud of them because every time I'm like, Ooh, this looks real cool. Like, okay. And being able to now come start <laughs> yeah. off with like, you know, we had like nothing, we, nobody knew us. And now having, you know, partners like corporate partnerships with uh, companies like Dell and wow. like all of these new, like, it's like, y'all know who we are? Like, okay. Um, and like, even with right. the, the school, <laughs> um, having like workshops on so many different things. Um, yeah, I think it's just super important. The presence of Code for the Culture is very important, not only for the campus, but also for, um, for outside of the campus. That's amazing. Like that's like literally a case study in, you know, what Jeremy and I definitely love is like, if you don't see the community that you want, make it. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. It's very different. No, it's very amazing. different. That's, that's I wanted to really start amazing. singing, but I held it inside. You can. You can. <laughs> you can. If you got no. a song on your heart, no, you it's, okay. Sing. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But now <laughs> that, <laughs> now that I know y'all are like professionally so trained, I'm like, no, but sing. But, but please. <laughs> Jeremy is the singer. So. It's got to be on your heart. You know, it's got to be, it's got to be like, sure it just comes feeling. out. Yeah, sure. If I can control it, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So yeah. It's not like a musical where you just walk down the street singing. It doesn't work that like that. That is my life. Actually, Rod hates that about me, I think. Because like, uh, I will just burst into song. I it's love that. appropriate sometimes. It's true. My but life is a musical. I have my own theme song. <laughs> oh what is your, you have to tell us your theme song no it's not like it's not like one theme song but you know how like when you're walking down the street or something you're like the main character of your movie like i have some you are of course, you know what i mean so i'm like i don't know it's just it's there um maybe one day i will try to make you it have into like a your song. vibe and music and it's... yes you're just like <laughs> i'm walking into this room right now like it's like yeah it's you you are the main character you're the star like of the it. show i love it <laughs> so you have made such an awesome transition into tech into you know specifically going to school starting a whole master's program in tech so if you could leave someone with like parting words slash advice slash encouragement things that people need to know you know about this journey if they're considering doing it too you know what would you tell them Ah, uh, yeah um, I have to say after going through all of this and, and this, you know, journey, um, the main thing that I want to tell people is that there really is nothing that is impossible. Um, and I know that is like <laughs> convoluted, like there's so many things, but I, I have to say that I really did not believe that I was smart enough to do something like this. And that's wholeheartedly, I'm not going to sugarcoat it or try to make it sound like, Oh, you know, it's just, it's a challenge. Like I, sometimes when people say that, I'm like, just say what it is. You were crying, <laughs> you know, like there has been, right. there have been crying at night. 
okay <laughs> like looking crazy looking yeah. with the oprah ugly cry like yes i have had many a nights <laughs> where i was crying and just being like why am i doing this it is yeah i've questioned it many times mm -hmm. um and so I don't want to sugarcoat it. sounds like it. grad school. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I <laughs> wish I had talked to y'all or heard this podcast before I went. And not because I would have changed my mind, but I definitely would have come with my eyes wide open. Um, and I think that's really important to know that, like, it's not perfect. You will question it. Um, you got to remember your why. But I think to to be able to come to this point I, I realize now that like i am definitely smart enough and there's no such thing as like whatever that is like again i think also this is me questioning adulthood and what intelligence is because again <laughs> i just these definitions they don't yes. sit right with me um it's just not sitting right with my spirit so like i have rebuked them officially mm -hmm. um but like i feel like you know um yeah, like you're smart enough and there's no, there's nothing that somebody can tell you that you can't do. It really is just practice and perseverance and, and, and people and community like helping you because there's no way I could ever say I got here by myself because that would be a wholehearted lie. I've gotten so much help from so many people who believed in me more than I believed in myself a lot of times. And I was like, oh, thank God you were here because I didn't believe in it. But, you know, like <laughs> I yeah, I just think that like you're never you're not dumb. You're smart and you just have to find your strengths and really just push through and you can do it. Just, you know, do your do your research, get your peoples, get your to <laughs> get your ducks in order and and just continue to push, push, push and you can do it. I love that. I also love that. So, Betty, <laughs> how do people find you on the internet? Oh, that's a good question. How do you find me? Um, let's see. Well, um, are you on the internet? I'm. I'm on these internets. I am. Um, you know who isn't nowadays? Um, but I. I have to say, uh, <laughs> just to promote uh, promote code for the culture because you know I have to. Um, so, code for the culture is on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So you can find us at code for the culture and you and like nancy you um and to find me um oh child what is my instagram handle i changed it um yeah. <laughs> so my handle is two underscores bethlehem with two m's um i'm also on twitter i don't really go on it like that which is kind of crazy but i'm also on twitter um Okay, that handle I know. So my Twitter <laughs> handle is at Betty Mess and an underscore at the end. As you can see, I like underscores. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's those are all my handles. As always, you can find us on our website, modernfigurespodcast.com. Send your questions to ask us at modernfigurespodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter. Kyla is at Dr. Underscore Kyla, and I am at Jeremy Waysom. Visit modernfiguresinc.com to learn more about our nonprofit organization aimed at promoting and engaging with women and girls interested in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and of course, computing. Until next time, stay moisturized, hydrated, mind your business, and protect your peace.